Hinkley Hills, USA, late summer. A quiet neighborhood, a tree-lined little world of front porches, barbecues, the laughter of children, and the bell of an ice cream vendor. Everything is in its proper place and right with the world. But a host of new neighbors move in next door, and no one has met them yet. The basement of the house flashes fire and bright lights throughout the night, and people have been seen digging holes in the backyard. The neighborhood grows weary. Neighbors are starting to disappear, and it's up to these suburbanites to take matters into their own hands and restore balance to the neighborhood. This is It Records. Hello, everybody. I'm one of your hosts of the podcast It Records, Matt Johnson. And with me, as always, is the magnanimous, um, the always charming, always has something to say, <laughs> Peter Anson. <laughs> the, the other host. <laughs> I just gotta. I, I I love giving you these 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 intros. I just want I want the viewers to know how I feel. You're just really building it up, and then like when I talk, for everyone that's new, they're like, "Oh, there's not much to him." <laughs> I I think you deliver. I think you deliver. You have a human quality, and they go, "That guy. I want to hang out with that guy." That's what they're saying. I've talked to a few. I've I've pulled the numbers. You, anyway, you, everybody. You had a poll. <laughs> <laughs> I did a poll. Yeah. I, uh, I walked the streets door to door just to see how they felt about you. They had nothing but good things. But back to our podcast, everybody, for this is It Records. We're talking horror movies, horror flicks that you want to hear us talk about. And this week we did the 1989 cult classic by director Joe Dante, The Burbs. All Tom Hanks wanted was a quiet vacation at home. This is what I need, Carol. I, I need this. Welcome to Mayfield Place. A typical street in the burbs. Morning, Walter! Where nothing much ever happened. Walter's dog just took a dump on Rumsfield's lawn again. Until the Klopex moved in. Klopex? Klopex. Klopex. No one goes in, no one comes out. Neighbors from hell. It was a nice place to live. He said he thinks the Klopex are evil incarnate. Well, you're much too smart to fall for that, aren't you, honey? But now... Carol! You wouldn't want to visit there. Ray, this is Walter. No! The Burbs. I'm going over the fence, and I'm not coming back till I find a dead body. Ray, do you want him to take your family, kidnap them, tear their livers out, and make some kind of satanic pate? We got a real problem. I hit the gaslight, I'd run! God, I love this street. Tom Hanks. I think we are overreacting. No. The Burbs. It's one hell of a neighborhood. Hey, honey. I think we should move. And uh, I'm not sure if many of you are familiar with it or not. It's I would say it's more of a cult, cult movie that borders on horror and black comedy. Would you agree, Pete? Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, um, and I had up until this podcast never seen it, and I was unaware. I knew Hanks was in it. I knew Tom Hanks was in this leading role um, of the the cast in this movie, the cast they had developed into this thing. I mean, you got Carrie Fisher, the young Corey Feldman in his prime, and a Bruce, some Bruce Dern. Can't go wrong. Looks basically the same age, but. Yet younger. 
Bruce Dern? Yeah, Bruce Dern just looks like a really <laughs> old, young version of himself. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. He really does. Uh, he, he he does look old. There's no nothing to say that he's a young man in this movie, but he, he looks younger than what he did in Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for everybody who maybe hasn't seen it, just for a, a quick run-through of what it is, it's the Burbs. It takes place in... A suburbs, as if you will. Um, an overstressed suburbanite, that's Tom Hanks, for following him. Two of his neighbors are struggling to prove their paranoid paranoid theory that a new family on the block is part of some murderous cult. It's really going through their head, their paranoia of um, if this family really is evil or if it's just their mind going crazy. Um, Pete, I mean, what drew you to this film originally? Because I had never seen it. I, I always heard... It was a cult movie, but what what drew you to the Burbs? And I guess especially, as a two-parter, as sort of a horror flick. Yeah, um, so I think it was just really this Joe Dante, honestly, and I kind of forgot that mm-hmm. Tom Hanks was in it before I, um, I watched it for the first time, which was, man, I don't even remember. I think I actually rented it from the movie fan. Yeah. Really? when when we're at school um Mm -hmm. so i was like this was a time where i was just trying to get uh rent as many movies by all my favorite horror directors at the time and i just really enjoy dante because he's just he's a really ridiculous uh filmmaker with his movies and i and he's very knowledgeable of them too so i like relate to that a lot where i like to know about movies and I just like everything that's like ridiculous I mean like just look mm-hmm. at Gr- Gremlins is the perfect testament of Dante's filmmaking that's true I agree and uh, this was by production company was Imagine Entertainment by Universal Studios and I, and I was reading that's one of the reasons that they uh, they got Dante on board because he was Gremlins had happened and um he had a, a quirky way of combining, they said, horror, reality, and comedy into an entertainment mix. That's why he was on board. And for viewers, viewers, never going to get it. Uh, listeners, Dante did Gremlins. Um, what else did he small do? Small Soldiers. <laughs> small Soldiers. I always forget he did Small Soldiers. That's Such right. a great movie. <laughs> oh, God. It, it really, I was so, it came on Netflix over like the past month or so, and uh, I, I couldn't be. I watched yet. a recent movie of his uh, that was, I never heard of it before, but it was on um, like Xfinity. It was called Matinee, mm-hmm. and it's with John Goodman. It's like from 1993, and it's like super under the radar, and it's really great. It's like another one where like, it's about like a horror filmmaker, and he's got like an Alfred Hitchcock vibe to him, but also like. Um, Oh man, what's his name? He's like a big horror producer of like, pre- like he did so many. I can't even think of his freaking name right now. Um, oh think- my god, this is gonna kill me. I, <laughs> I'm just gonna look. You'll think of it. As- look it up, because yeah. I know he. Uh, I'm pretty sure he produced Rock and Roll High School, which is a, a great movie. Rock, 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 rock and Roll yeah, High School. That's a, a fucking. <laughs> That's a fucking phenomenal movie right there. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, Roger Corman. That's his name. Roger Corman. Okay. 
He's kind of got like the blend of mm-hmm. them too, because like Roger Corman made a bunch of like monster flicks, and that's this guy. And they even have like an mm-hmm. Alfred Hitchcock presents intro going on. So it's just like a it's just like a movie for cinephiles, and it's, it's just having a really good time with its uh, effects and shit. Uh, this one or matinee? Matinee, but the Burbs, Man-Nay. the Burbs, I think is also doing this, reaching the same kind of mm-hmm. uh, heartstrings, if you will. I do too, um, and that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, it got a lot of mixed reviews coming out, and still currently, it's like forty-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But I mean, I enjoyed it watching it. Why do you think, um, from critically to some people who just watched it for entertainment? There's that discrepancy, really. Yeah, that that definitely is weird to me because I think The Burbs... It's like 50-50. ...is definitely, like... It's one of those movies that's, like, ahead of its time. But, like, you could just think of, like... It's pretty much in the same taste as Gremlins. But Gremlins is more family-friendly. I think Burbs is, like, more geared towards teenagers. Or at least that was the goal, maybe. I think so, too, yeah. Especially with the pull of Corey Feldman yeah. in the movie. And I don't even know how the fuck they got Tom Hanks, which is just always a pleasure. <laughs> There's some scenes he's cracking me up in here, especially when they find the bone. And it's like the, the, the camera like pans in, uh, zooms in and out real quick. And he's doing his classic Tom Hanks scream. Oh, God. Where he's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> He's great. He's great yeah, in this fucking movie. He really is. Um he even improvised, I was reading the scene at the end, where he goes on this rant, um, just for everybody's spoilers. Um, they think their neighbors are this murderous cult, um, and they go through all these lengths to figure it out, and Tom Hanks has this sort of monologue at the end where he's like, we're the villains, like, we're the we're the bad guys, as these crazy suburban people um, leering into people's houses and getting all paranoid. And it's good, and it's funny, he's got these huge bandages on, and apparently he improvised where he puts himself on the gurney and shoves himself into the ambulance and just sits there. You know yeah. <laughs> and Carrie Fisher's like, are you okay? Like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> oh, that's good. But I have a, a side conversation for one second because you texted me the other day saying that you met Corey Feldman and you didn't fucking talk about the burbs at all with him. Such no, a huge mish opportunity. I, it was, but I couldn't have gotten any sort of recording in there. It was what what the scenario was, my local theater here, they they do a Turner Classic movie night every Tuesday. This week was Goonies. And they happen to pull in. I don't know how. My local movie theater pulled in Corey fucking Feldman. I mean... <laughs> Corey Feldman. Not to be mean, but I don't think he's doing too much right now. I'm sure... I don't think he's done anything. I think the 80s was his, his heyday. and Maybe a little in the 90s, but yeah. He hasn't been doing anything in a while. Anyway, he came out with a memoir called Choreography. Corey. Yeah, I got, I got it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I just didn't ask him anything. He had a line of, of people for like an hour that was really backed up, and you could sign something. So couldn't really talk about the movie. And you could just any... be like, "I wish I could have been like, hey, Corey, I saw Burbs. Give him a thumbs up, and that's all. And it's, that's all he needed to do." <laughs> I just watched the Burbs, bro. <laughs> yeah. Nah, but it was really cool to see him. I mean, 
it's weird to see him really at my local movie like theater. Like as an adult, because I feel like every time I see him, he's always like between the ages of twelve and eighteen. Yeah, or if you go even younger for Friday the Thirteenth, uh, final chapter. Oh yeah, how old is he in that movie? That. I don't know, he's really little. I, I think he's even younger in Gremlins. In Gremlins, he's like, he's been with Joe Dante, which is the Burbs as well. He's like three in Gremlins. He's a little kid. God. He's like super young in that movie. He's had star power back then. Yeah. Jeez. Um, but Pete, going along with the Burbs here, um, we're a horror podcast, and it's really like, I mean, it has those elements, but what do you see that really sticks out for it to be a horror flick? Um, yeah, it definitely plays on, like, the comedy side a lot, but it definitely, um, I think a lot of that funny parts comes from the knowledge of horror movies and the fact that, uh, Joe Dante is very familiar with that genre and... I wouldn't say there's anything particularly scary, but that that doesn't mean it's not a horror movie because it's not scary. But, but I think no. it plays into a lot of things a horror movie would face if that if that makes any sense. Like with no, it does. Like with like the plot um, and like how you know characters come together and try and take on what they think is this evil force. Which I think is like the heart and soul of a horror movie. Yeah, and it really is for this movie as well. And they use a lot of like, it's a good way you put it, where um, Dante's like familiar with the genre and a lot of the stuff that's in the genre is kind of maybe poking fun at it. Um, But the house, the complex house, which is the mysterious family, is very like gothic architecture, the lightnings around it. it. It's almost like a Frankenstein monster type feel. What are they doing in the basement? Um, but they they really conjure up the horror in their heads. I mean, because you don't really s- see anything for a good portion of it, but they're talking about these uh, suburban stories of the guy who had the ice cream truck or whatever who murdered his family, and what could they be doing in the basement? And they're telling all these tales. And you don't really see it. They're just making it up in their heads, um, so, which leads to the climate. I was going to say, it's like a great yeah. like example of like urban legends, like, freaking out like children you know when we're, when we're like yeah. little kids we always like had a house on the block that's like oh that's where the killer lives or some shit like that exactly it was uh i thought i was really good at doing that um and, and with dante's works at least with like small soldiers he tries to do like satirical stuff mm-hmm. i feel like which was right on the head here with just the whole suburbanites and creating their own terror and when nothing's really going on, which leads to the Tom Hanks monologue, which is great. If just YouTube that, if you get a chance, if you don't want to watch all of the burbs. Um, which character? Little things. Do you think this. killed it the most? Go ahead. Oh, killed yeah. it the most. Oh, that's a tough. You see, I think Hanks was great. I think Hanks is a great performance, but I was cracking up more and more at Bruce Dern, which I've told you, his lines were were doing it for me. Where I think. For instance, he's he's up he's a military man next door and he's up on top of his roof, decked out in all of his stuff with his gun, look out for everybody, and Feldman calls over. Hey, what are you doing? And all he goes is 
why don't you paint your fucking porch and shut up? <laughs> just cracks me up the whole time. You know, you know who would you who would you, you know say who Bruce Dern reminded you? me of? Uh, the next door neighbor and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> like I mean, not like okay. not like uh, but like just how like their attitudes are. Because wasn't he like a military dad too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Uh, uh, I, I can see it. I could definitely see the connection. But oh, what, what you're gonna say? Oh no, that that was basically it. Oh, before you said who killed it? No, we, uh, before I said that, uh, he reminded me of the dad from when I shrunk the kids. Oh, no, that was basically it. That's all I was gonna say on it. Mm. This this movie though. It reminded me a lot of... You're a Twilight Zone fan. Oh, of course. Okay, and I'm sure we have some Twilight fan listeners as well. I think it's called The Monsters Come to Maple. Is that the name of the episode? You're talking about on Maple Street episode? The Monsters Come to Maple Street? Something like that. It's a fucking classic episode, but I just can't remember the name of it. Yeah. It it reminds me of the same thing. Oh, that's a Um, really good comparison, actually. It's kind of, yeah, they all kind of, uh, they're all bunk, uh, trying to get in the cellar, they're all in the house, and basically they're they're fighting over who should who should be in there, and they're creating all these things in their head on what's outside the house, and it becomes this sort of microcosm of society within it, and it's kind of like here, they create the, their own terror and their little safe little environment. Um, I think the Twilight Zone was a little better in doing it, but it, it has the same feel, it's the same kind of idea. Um um, and another interesting thing about the set of this film, all shot on the Universal lot. Do you know that? I I, I saw a little trivia there, but I didn't I didn't know mm-hmm. that. So it was all shot on the studio. They created a neighborhood because that's what Dante wanted. He th- he said um, he felt keeping it within, I guess, one studio and one lot, like it was its own cul-de-sac, would just feel more vibrant and alive. So they made it. Um, during the writer's strike of 88. So they shot the movie all in sequence, sequentially. That's what in sequence means. Uh, thank <laughs> you for the little vocab lesson. <laughs> uh, I'm just kind of spitballing them. Sound like an idiot. Anyway, um, some tidbits about that. Um, you saw it said Mayfield at the very beginning. Their neighborhood's called Hinkley Hills. I'm sorry, the town is Hinkley Hills, but they live in Mayfield, the suburb. That's Leave it to Beaver. And this is the Leave It to Beaver lot. Oh. From the the old show. That's cool. <laughs> and then to add to that, um, I believe it's who's the the neighbor who's kind of who who Hanks first meets? Not Dern. I I don't know that actor's name, I forget him. Um you know who oh, ta- not Feldman, not Dern, are you the talking other guy. About the, his the neighbor. Nerdy, the nerdier one? Yeah. Uh, not Walter who gets yeah, kidnapped. Yeah, I'm looking at his name right we're, now. We're the same page. Uh Okay. Is it Rick Dukumun? God, I can't even yes, that's can't him. say his last name. It it would be him. He's the neighbor. His house is the Munsters' house. Great, great show. Um, from the TV show. Yeah, which is, uh, they said they, they barely showed it straight on because of what pe- people would recognize the house. So they just showed it from like the roof and the window. Um, was the only time you ever saw his house. Um, and then the Coplex house, Coplex is still on the Universal lot to this day. Um, it was used... Is Desperate Housewives still on? If it is, 
It was one of the main houses in Desperate Housewives. All from the Burbs. That's a lot of trivia you had there. <laughs> I did my research. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to film this. Um, Do you find but, this film criminally underrated? Criminally underrated? Or um, just underrated? I would go underrated. I wouldn't say criminally underrated. I think there's some... Um, it could have been tighter. It could have... Uh, I don't know. It just seemed a little loose. and It was fun and it was canny, but uh, I do say underrated. I do say underrated. I had, People should definitely say that. I had words. a fucking great time watching this movie. It's such a, it's yeah. such a treat. I always enjoy a good... Mm-hmm. Uh, like a good movie where it is like guys just like band together and like came up with little contraptions and shit. I don't know. I guess it it like yeah. kind of like ties to my little kid in me where I just like like to build and shit. Yeah, I don't know. It just kind of reminds me of kind of reminds me of that. And I just always I'm always sucker for those movies. Mm-hmm. Especially in the neighborhood setting. I yeah. Guess. Growing up in like a na- neighborhood with I mean I grew up in a with your neighbors I grew up in a suburb so yeah that even rings you can relate yeah, it rings to the, even more true for me mm-hmm yeah you know I definitely think it's underrated I think don't, people don't talk about it enough and it gets a mixed review but it's a fun movie it's 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 really entertaining it has all those elements if you like if you like the feel of like Gremlins I guess. Gremlins are small soldiers, which people are more familiar with. If you like that feel, you, you, you'll enjoy the burbs. It's that same kind of horror reality entertainment piece. Um, but Pete, speaking as if we think it's underrated, overrated, blah, blah, blah. How do you think it did when it came out in 89? Well, I know it made money. Box office. I know it made money. It made, it made a shit ton of money. It was number one in the box office. Um, opening weekend, and it made like I have it here. Um, what it go against? Do you have that little tidbit of information? I believe I do. It had. Oh shit! No. Open at number one at eleven million dollars in the opening weekend, um, and the film made as a whole forty-nine million on a budget of eighteen million. What would it came out in February of eighty-nine? Same year, I'm looking at, like, the IMDb page, and it's, like, people who also liked, and then Turner and Hooch is on there, and that came out the same year. <laughs> so Tom <laughs> Hanks was quite busy that year. Turn. Yeah, I got, I got all the movies that came out there. Wow. Let's see here. The Burbs in 89... Was the thirty fourth highest grossing movie ahead of Weekend at Bernie's, which people know, Do the Right Thing, Glory. Was it? Wait, it came out the same month as Glory. No, I'm saying for the oh, whole for year. Oh, for whole year. I it, was like, it, that's a really it, it gross. I was like, that's really random. <laughs> what can I say about this movie that hasn't been said? It's just. It, I mean, I mentioned yeah. the Twilight Zone, and it it, it kind of has that feel a little bit, the premise of it, maybe because it, it reminds me of the monsters on Maple, but it's quick, it's a very quick movie, 
Um, was it like an hour and twenty something minutes? What? It's an hour and forty. Well, actually. that even that even adds to my idea. Yeah. Um, it's quick. The, the pacing's good. <laughs> Just throwing out compliments for I the movie. I liked it. <laughs> no, I was going to add to the horror element because, as we were just talking about, we've done some that are like torso, which are, are just more straight horror, and this one kind of blurs the line like completely. I feel like, um, but it has that architecture, it has that evil force premise in the neighborhood. But I think what even brings it all home is the ending, and I don't want to spoil it too much. But you get his monologue of "We're the villains," which would have been the ending of a satirical movie, a comedy, but then it goes a step further. And uh, when he's in the ambulance, the Coplex, the main Coplex head of the family, reveals his whole plan, and he's going to kill Tom Hanks. And he pulls out the injection. He pulls out the injection needle, <laughs> and the ambulance is going crazy down the street. And he's got a bunch of skulls and bones in the bottom of his in his trunk. So I mean, I think that brings it home as the horror. They stopped the villain. There was really a. There was really murders going on. They killed the next door neighbors. So, yeah, I I feel like that. I think either way, I think it would have been a good ending. Like they could end it either way, and I think it would have been funny. But I was like kind of glad that it was like validated yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just didn't feel like they'd strung you on, strung you along this whole time on this whole conspiracy theory, and then it's like. Yeah, there's nothing. These guys are just crazy. They were making it all up in their heads. I think that would work more. That kind of it would work more yeah. as a comedy. Because mm-hmm. yeah, would like since it did blur the line, it kind of like played the line mm-hmm. perfectly and catered to both sides pretty yeah, well. I thought. Yeah, I do too. Um. Was was there any on-screen deaths? I don't. I don't remember. I, there were none. Uh, no on-screen deaths. You see them digging graves and like him trying to kill Tom Hanks. You see the skull and bones in, in a trunk, but uh, and you see some bones, but no, no actual deaths, I believe. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought there were none, but I was like, am I forgetting one? <laughs> I don't think so. Um. There was a, as a horror podcast, there was a salute to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Exorcist, and I thought something else in this movie. When, and yeah, you talk about Tom Hanks' dream sequence, when he watches the TV before bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's also a Corey Feldman, like, makes a reference to The Sentinel, too. And does he? Where he's talking about, uh, I think he's talking about The House or something. And the Sentinels from the seventies. It's about like someone watching over like a, an apartment mm. kind of deal. Yeah. So it's like a, a mysterious figure. It's like right in the beginning, and in, and Corey Feldman's like all teenager like. He's like, let's get this guy. He's got like his bandana on and stuff. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just really funny. Mm. <laughs> uh, let's get this guy. <laughs> he was great. He was like so spacey and so like. I don't know. I'm pretty sure you didn't even say that, but that's just like the perfect impression that I have for him. Let's go. Let's go ahead and just get this guy. <laughs> it sounds like something that character would say. He has a pizza party for his friends to come over and and watch the neighbors. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, that was great. <sighs> uh, all right, Pete. Well, now we've talked about the burbs. I think we've we've kind of hit how we feel about it. But would you defend or destroy? The oh, I wholeheartedly defend this movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to agree with you there. I'm gonna have to defend it. It's first time viewing. Um, it's not a it's not a magnum opus or anything, but uh, it's good. It's fun. It's entertaining. Adam. Not a magnum opus. <laughs> it's no apocalypse now, but uh, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, it's entertaining. Um, it's fun. It's funny, and it's uh, yeah, I recommend it. It's no Armani suit. <laughs> it's no top shelf liquor. Uh, it's not first class on a plane. Um, but, you know, it gets you from A to B. <laughs> All right. That's enough That's enough analogies. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, um, that being said, I guess uh, that will conclude this week's talk on the burps. Um, go check it out. It's on Netflix. You can watch it for free if you have a subscription there. Um, check us out on the website we'll have our blogs going our forums let us know what you're thinking Twitter our Facebook we want to know what you like so we can deliver it to you that's what this podcast is for we should, we should have a mini episode out soon it's been a while since we've done one of those so we got a mini, mini mini episode out as soon as we can and uh, I hate the Coplex I hate the Coplex and with that as always I remain in the shadows Are you going to say your name? <laughs> I'm Peter Hansen. <laughs> you definitely threw me off for that uh, no. one. I'm Rain in the Shadows. I'm Matt Johnson, everybody. Alright, I'm Peter Hansen. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom! <laughs> <laughs>